from the banks of the Avon, this is Black Jeep Rebranded, the place where you never have to worry about fitting in or being accepted. All are welcome. The leader of our pack is Rick Sherwood. He's willing to share with us his take on this crazy world. His insights come from not only his experience as a psychotherapist, but also his many life experiences. His hope is to help us live our best lives as we continue on our own ever-changing personal journey. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to hear what's on his mind today. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to another podcast and another uh, bit of myself putting out uh, putting out the, the journey of my life and, and what makes me me and what makes me uh, approach life the way that I do. People often ask me because they'll say, you know, you're so self-aware, you're so in tune, you're so this, you're so that. And and uh, I, I got to say, I'm maybe not as in tune as what people might like to think that I am. Uh, but what I am for sure, and I mean for absolute sure, uh, is grateful. And I think true gratitude keeps me grounded in people, keeps me grounded in the people that make my world better. Uh, that truly, genuinely care about me, and uh, and I can tell you uh, reluctantly, but I I can tell you for sure that you know as we age, we will find that the degree of people who really care about us it doesn't grow, it actually shrinks, and I and I mean that sadly but sincerely, the number of people that we have that that truly are are, are there for us in our corner, we realize. You know, when we're in when we're in kindergarten, we think our teachers and our all our classmates and everybody else in the world today they're they're all over this stuff. But um, but uh, undoubtedly, um, the reality is that uh, no, we we struggle. We we really do not have necessarily the people in our in our corner that we need or should have. Um, and and like I said, uh, I sit down. And I talk to people with. Uh, who are worth uh, tons of money, um, or I sit down with people who who are truly uh, destitute, and they will all share with you the same thing that that true friendship and 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 true people having your back really is far and few between. And so this podcast is a little bit about about my journey and my journey towards towards that. Back in uh, in December December eleventh of ninety eight. I was in a truck truck wreck in California, and that truck wreck should have been the end of my life. Um, by all accounts, uh, the truck caught fire. I came out of the when and the, the the truck caught fire, and for no reason, for no good reason, the fire went out. Um, I was sitting on a few hundred gallons of diesel fuel. Um, the everything was perfect for the for the truck to to start fire and be on fire and to never go out. And yet, somehow, uh, the fire did go out. Uh, again, people who worked on the truck after to appraise the value of it and so on, and, and uh, the, the salvage yard who ended up buying it, um, they all said, right, there, there's no reason. There's no, there's no mechanical, logical. It was you know, just purely a miracle. Uh, the same miracle could be said for myself. And when I look at my world that day, uh, again, I was taken out of this truck, and at one point, I remember laying in the hospital in Bakersfield, 
California and laying there and this uh, rather attractive and um, I guess idea, my God, I, the only the thing that I remember about her the most is that she just smelled like heaven. She smelled like a, a spring day, um, and, and you know where everything's in bloom and blossom and everything's growing and the air is still fresh and clear and and you know the the seasonal uh, humidity and smog and and heavy air hasn't set in yet and it's just an absolutely gorgeous smell, but. Beyond that, what strikes me is the fact that she had mentioned it was too bad that I may be uh, a paraplegic, which, uh, quite honestly, I found to be quite disheartening. Um, but that's kind of where I was laying at that time. Um, I didn't have feeling in my legs. I, I couldn't feel what they were doing. I couldn't move my toes. I couldn't. Uh, I didn't have the control that uh, that I should have had. And as it turns out, a vertebrae uh, right up near the top of my spine had shifted ever so slightly out of place and had pinched some nerves and those nerves, thank God they hadn't severed, they hadn't done anything, they'd simply pinched them. And they'd pinched nerves to my legs and not pinch nerves uh, to uh, some other vital thing, such as breathing or my heart. Um, but regardless, uh, I did walk out of that hospital and... Um, a year to the day later, December 11th of 99, I came across, it was a Saturday morning, and I and I came across an accident um, where, as it turns out, a guy I'd known, I didn't know Paul really well. I, I knew him to see him in the yard. I knew him uh, to say good day. I knew him to chat with him. I, 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 I you know, I, I, I wouldn't call him a friend, but certainly somebody who I, I definitely did know. And he'd, he uh, was in a single vehicle accident. They suspect he fell asleep and the truck uh, burned uh, and he burnt to death in the truck. And not uh, sure whether he died on impact or whether it was smoke inhalation or combination thereof that, that ultimately caused him to lose his life. But, but the fact is I, I, I came across and then it ended up being there for various reasons throughout the morning and and later on that morning, a separate accident um, resulted in the loss of life of a couple of kids. And uh, Tommy and Meredith, when, when these kids passed away, that was, uh, uh, this is 23, so that'd be uh, 24 years ago. I can still tell you what, what they were wearing. I can still tell you uh, where they were seated in the car Um I, I can't tell you for sure what their mom and dads were wearing. Um, but, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time trying to forget those things. But what what this podcast is about is, is again, how do I stay grounded in the moment? How do I, how do I stay mindful? How do I stay uh, part of and envisioned as I should what is actually going on? And, and you know what, like, this is going to sound so silly, folks, but it's called gratitude. It is absolutely 100% gratitude. Um, that accident in, in 99, um, where uh, the December of, uh, of 1999, that accident where, you know, two independent accidents caused the forum one to be shut down for a good chunk of the day, from what I understand, it created absolute mayhem th throughout southwestern Ontario. And it was a, a day that uh, I guess the, the news was quite busy um, because of, of of chaos and crap and, and all the, the, the news about the accidents and so on. 
And um, the Puss Lynch Fire Department, uh, which is uh, a volunteer fire department, and not volunteer in the United States sense of being volunteer, it's a part-time fire department. So that means all the firefighters are called in for each call. So there's nobody actually there sleeping at the station. And so um, the, the the folks at Puss Lynch showed up, and um, when the dust settled after that day, um, there was, I believe, eight, um, maybe nine Puss Lynch firefighters, and a couple of those firefighters wanted me to be part of the recognition um, because their, their chief was blown away by um, what um, appeared to be... Um, unbelievable resolve uh, to do and to to try to do the right things despite having no preamble warm-up time. What people have to remember is anytime somebody calls 911, you have prep time. And And I realize it sounds silly when I say this, but you actually have prep time, right? You you have, you know, whether it be five minutes, 30 seconds, you have some prep time of getting geared up, getting in the vehicle, getting the vehicle going, doing all the things that need to be done. But the only people who don't actually have that are are, are cops, uh, police officers who are out on patrol. Those people really don't have a lot of prep time, right? They see um, a reckless um, thing go by in front of them or a speeder go by in front of them, and they go from boredom to game on instantly. But outside of those moments, predominantly, there is a bit of prep time and there's a bit of time to say, this is what I need to do and what I want to do. And it's fascinating because, like I said, what came out of that accident was uh, a lot of firefighters uh, from the Postal Lynch Department and myself being honored with, with various things. And so in October of 2000, at a, at a banquet, uh, I was a given a, a special certificate, um, which put me into a, a fairly select group of people, from what I'm told. And I was inducted as into the most venerable order of the Hospital of St. John of Jerusalem. And what this does is, it, is it's just this beautiful acknowledgement that I tried to do the right thing. Uh, I, you know, was struggling with with understanding that a guy that I knew had passed away, uh, struggling with the details that I was hearing and understanding about his death, struggling waiting for the coroner to show up because we couldn't do anything until then, struggling for all those things. And then a little bit later being faced with this accident and myself and a bunch of firefighters actually watched it unfold. We were literally standing at the median wall of, of the divided highway, and we watched the chain reaction. We we watched the slide. We watched the dust. We watched everything from uh, vehicles going by completely um, uninhibited by anybody else and then resulting in the lo- the loss of, of two people's lives. And, um, you know, the, the, the tragic... Uh, ongoing existence then for their parents trying to understand this and so that was in 98 and 99 and uh, into 2000 and I can say that there was a lot of struggles a lot of things going through my head um, that year and and in subsequent years and then there was this song that came out and the songs by Tim McGraw and um I, I don't know um, 
who actually wrote the song. Um, what I do know, um, uh, actually, I do know who wrote it. Uh, I think it's Tim Nichols and, and Craig Wiseman. I think I could be I could be mistaken, but but anyhow, we're going to get back to that. So in two thousand four, this song came out. The song is "Live Like You Were Dying," and 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 I just I just want you to th- listen to a few bars of the beginning of this song. And this song really truly became an anthem that I live by. And all kinds of songs in, in our worlds do that, right? We hear them and they strike something. And you're going to hear a lot of podcasts where I'm going to do these types of things, where I'm going to bring this forward. And this song is about a much younger person than I was at that time. But just as just as real. So I've never gone skydiving. I've been offered to do a few times, never wanted to. But what I what I can tell you for sure is, is I have truly lived and done the things that I want to do, the things that I need to do. Because when you get that kind of news, right, that kind of news that changes your life. And so that accident of December of 99, I had only recently actually gotten into enough health to be able to go back to work driving a couple days a week. And, uh, and it was on a Saturday and, and, um, you know, one of the divisions of, uh, of BLM, which, uh, owned by uh, a guy named Jimmy McConnell. And, and I got to tell you, man, um, you know, lots of people can run Jimmy into the ground, but a, I made a lot of money working for him and, and B, I always respect him because I knew where I stood and I knew why I stood there. And these are, these are things where I, again, you know, just like I just did, right? I keep on that praise where the praise is due. Um, the the division I was working for no longer is associated with BLM, and 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 I've got no praise there, so I don't heap it on. Um, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I always worked for Jimmy, and it didn't matter what company I was working for. Um, you know, I was working for a man that I understood, right? Truck and simple, right? So getting freight into a box or onto a flatbed or onto a trailer and moving from A to B and doing it as, as it's intended to be done and and let's make things pitter patter and let's get at her. And 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 this song though again, right, it, it really truly is this 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 beautiful, simple theme for me to live by, right? And so, you know, as the chords go, right? Um uh, Now, that's the thing I struggled with for a lot of years. Man, I wish I could sing like Tim McGraw. And I wish that I could actually have that, 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 that beautiful ability that he has to, to sing those words. To live like you were dying. 
And I got to tell you, every day of my life, I've I've received cite, beautiful citations for doing other other things, uh, trying to help people out since that '99 accident. I've I've had some tragic events in my life. I've had some tragic events in my personal life, and and you know, there's a there's a lot of things I've beat my body up, man. I have done some horrible things to my body over the years. But the one thing that is so important is to be mindful of that gratitude. You know, people say, how, like, what made you this? Man, the, the, the people who camped at my parents' park, right? Windmill Trailer Park. My parents owned it in the 70s and 80s. And I, quite honestly, I think they sold it in the 90s, but I but I, I don't remember what year they sold it. But, you know, people like Bruce McLean, right? Like, he was a... He was a, a an owner of a big construction company. He uh, loved equipment. He he was a no nonsense guy. And and le- and let me tell you, man, there's a lot of lessons that 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 he taught me in the hardest hardest ways. I remember once him chewing me out something fierce because I was bogging down a piece of equipment, working it too hard. And and his words that he said to me is, he said, "I ever see you do that again, I'll come over and knock you right off this tractor." And I remember being scared at the time, but at the same time going, you know what? You got to respect what you're doing. You got to pay attention to what you're doing. And that's what Bruce was trying to teach me is, is don't forget what you're doing. Don't forget that this machine is a machine, but it has limits just like we do. And every day, the people around me, the people that, that truly have my back, the people who who truly are there for me, uh, by gosh, man, I will do anything for them. And, uh, you know, the, the ironic beauty is I also will have zero hesitation to walk away from people. And I'll have zero hesitation, not because I want something grand to change. It's because I only have this one life. I'm not going to spend this one life, right? Just like this song Right, live like you were dying, you know. As Tim McGraw just sang, you know, wish like you were living like you were dying, you know, give forgiveness, give love. But I see people all the time in my office, I see people all the time who are so jaded and so beat up, they couldn't give gracious forgiveness or gracious gratitude if they had to. And I see it all the time and I see people who, you know, come into and out of my life and and they want to beat me up on the way in and they sometimes want to beat me up on the way out. But you know what? I do every single day live with the gratitude that this is my last day on this planet and I live like I was dying. I live for tomorrow. I save money for tomorrow. I plan for my retirement. But man, oh man, do I ever try to live for today and live in appreciation for for what is. And, you know, I know I just messed up there and I just started that soundtrack just a a couple seconds before I want to. So I'm going to back it up and see if I can't make this right. But but again, here at Black Sheep, right, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make things real. And this real is this song, Live Like You Were Dying. And and this is what I try to do. And I encourage y'all to find your own theme song, right? Just like these next words are. I said I was 
Honestly, you can do it all again, folks. I've never rode a bull named Fu Manchu, but man, I have rode my fair share of what I would consider my own bulls. I have done my best to love in a way that I was so proud to love. Um, when my marriage, my first marriage ended after 25 years, just about, um, I was truly heartbroken over that. I was truly destitute. And people go, no, you weren't. You moved right on to somebody else. No, I moved on to somebody else because I was broken. Not because I was in love. I moved on to somebody else, not because I was, I was truly in a good headspace or knew what I wanted. What I knew was I wanted love. And and my first wife, based on, on uh, these are her words to me, uh, that she was subsequently diagnosed with having post-traumatic stress disorder based on all of the things that had occurred in my existence. So basically, folks, what that's saying is all the crazy chaos, including, um, you know, the accident of 99, the accident of 98, and another 50 or 100 incidences that involved me and hospitals and diagnoses or suspected diagnoses or something else, and including banquets where, you know, you sat there and you listened to um, people, you know, when, when, the, when the group of us, when the firefighters myself got up there and, and we, uh, we all received our individual citations for what we had had done what we had tried to do, what we had tried to, to do that day to to help out a family in need, and we weren't successful. And and let me tell you, there's been more accidents since then when I have just accidentally come across, because I've never worked a day as a first responder, but unfortunately I've seen my fair share of, of nasty accidents, and God only knows why, but um, I've always tried to do the right thing. I've always tried to be that friend that would be proud to be the friend that I am. And I've always tried very hard to be that honest partner. And um, you know what? I've not had a lot of luck in the in that side of my life with love. You know, people say they they don't know where they fit, right? I'm too good in the kitchen. I'm too good in in life. I'm too good in too many ways, and they just don't know where they fit. And and I always I always kind of laugh to myself when I hear those words. Um, a nurse that I used to work with, her name's Paula. And Paula once said to me when I was single, she said, you know what? She said, I'd never date you. She said, I couldn't date you. She said, your personality's way too big and you're too good at too many things and I just wouldn't know where I fit in your life. Well, if you're living like you're dying like I do every day, if you're truly living like every moment, every breath is precious, you know where you fit? You fit by loving, by giving, by having gratitude for the breath that that other person is taking. Not because you can outcook them or outclean them or outpaycheck them or out anything else them. 
You're doing it simply because you're grateful that they are taking another breath and you get to share that breath with them. So y'all, if you can do me a wonderful favor and, and uh, I'm going to see if I can find another little track within this song and, uh, and uh, we'll leave you with that. So y'all have yourself a wonderful day and uh, I really hope and I mean truly hope that y'all live Skydiving, maybe. Gratitude, humbleness. Be grateful for that breath you're taking. And those people who are around you who make your world special, don't be trying to do anything special. Just be gracious. Gracious that they're alive and that they're taking in another breath that you get to hold their hand one more time. I think that's a sad lesson that uh, Miss Paula never ever learned. And I, uh, unfortunately... Considering the number of times I've been married, I'm still trying to find that one special person who actually has that ability to hold my hand and just smile and just be be truly grateful. So, y'all be good. We'll chat soon. Again, thank you very much. It's Rick Sherwood here again. Thank you very much. As I continuously say, really appreciate everyone who tunes into these podcasts. Uh, but please keep in mind. Uh, all the information contained within these is not meant to be a supplement or meant to be a replacement for psychotherapy or for anyone truly struggling with mental health. Please reach out to uh, a therapist and somebody qualified to help you out. If these ideas trigger something within you where you need to do that and you're not sure where to go, by all means, please reach out to us. We'd be more than happy to. Uh, go to blacksheeprebranded.ca uh, and we can direct you in, un- in unbelievable different directions. Piracy, please don't pirate the information in this. It is proprietary. Uh, please also make sure that, uh, that you understand that this isn't about us wanting to be greedy about our ideas. This is us wanting to make sure that our ideas are uniquely and collectively kept as ours so that we can use them as we see fit and not how other people want to do it for their own piracy and their own benefit. Y'all be good. Take care. Bye-bye.